Support for this podcast comes from Avature ATS, an applicant tracking system that redefines user experience for candidates, recruiters, and hiring managers. Just listen to one of the many ways in which L'Oreal USA has improved their hiring process with Avature, as told by Edward Dias, Director of Recruitment Intelligence and Innovation. Since we've been using Avature ATS globally, we have been able to massively improve our communication rate with candidates during and following their application. Uh, before, over a million people worldwide would never get contacted. Um, but with this smart automation and flexible processes, we've been able to change that. And that's been a huge achievement. Visit avature.net, that's A-V-A-T-U-R-E dot net, to learn why global market leaders like L'Oreal choose Avature to extend the candidate experience from shoulder tap to first day. <laughs> There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 148 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Digital transformation is something affecting the vast majority of businesses. And to compete effectively, employers need to attract, develop and retain the people with the right digital skills. But what digital skills are in the most demand? And should recruiters be looking for people who already possess these skills or people with the potential to learn them? To give some cutting edge insight into this topic, my guest this week is Brian Hickey, European MD of Udacity. Udacity partners with industry-leading companies to develop nanodegrees for in-demand digital skills. They even have one dedicated to flying cars. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Brian, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Great to talk to you. Pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure. So my name is Brian Hickey. Uh, I am the Managing Director for Udacity in Europe. So for a little bit of background, before that, I was uh, working with Just Eat for five years running their Irish business and then later on uh, roughly half of their international business. And I spent some time uh, as CEO as a beauty on, uh, of a beauty on demand business uh, in the UK and then joined Udacity uh, in May 2018, so not that long ago. Uh, and I'm very happy to be uh, their first managing director in Europe and very much focused on building out our presence in Europe and delivering on our mission to democratize education and generally increase people's access to tech skills. Fantastic. Now, um, there, there may be some people listening who've uh, not heard of or not come across Udacity. Could you, um, could you give us a, a little bit of insight into what the company does? Yeah, happy to, happy to. So Udacity are, so we're a global online learning platform. We connect digital education to jobs and we provide students with the skills they need to advance their careers. As I mentioned, uh, our mission is to democratize education and empower people to learn the skills they need to take their careers to the next level. Uh, we provide uh, what we call nano degree programs, which are project-based online courses that cover a whole range of subjects from 
software engineering to self-driving cars, data science, digital marketing, AI, and, and, and robotics. So these nano degrees um, uh, are a little bit different from, uh, I'm going to say, traditional online uh, programs in that we build them in partnership with uh, some industry leaders. So some of those leaders would include Google or Facebook, Mercedes-Benz, uh, NVIDIA. So we build our nano degrees with these companies. Um, and, and what that means is that our students are benefiting from the most relevant content and, and the kind of the, the, the content that employers value the most as well. So we work with some big enterprise enterprise clients, some of the names I'm sure you'd recognize, uh, to help them upskill their employees um, and, and, and teach them the skills they they need to weather that uh, digital transformation. And some of those clients include uh, Deloitte, Audi, IBM, Bosch, uh, BMW, Deutsche Telekom, and uh, this goes on and on. And typically then our students are, are, are working professionals, uh, most have a, a college education already, and, and they're just looking to you know, advance or, or, or sometimes even change their careers. So, so in, just in terms of numbers then, we're about 450 employees in total around the world. We've got operations in Brazil, China, uh, Germany, Egypt, India, uh, UAE, and, and, and soon we'll have an additional one in, uh, in Ireland as well. So there's a, there's a kind of a massive focus on um, digital skills and, and digital talent and how people can um, reskill and upskill and how companies can, can support them. And we'll, we'll sort of go in and talk a little bit more about um, that in, in detail as we get into the conversation. But, but, but as some context, you know, what, why now? Why is this happening now? What are the sort of key drivers that um, are, um, are leading to this sort of change in thinking around, um, around skills and the skills that are needed? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I think what we've seen is that every industry is undergoing digital transformation. I mean, we get we get asked questions about you know what are the sectors that you guys work in the most, and 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 there used to be specific sectors, you know, maybe a year or two ago, but now we're noticing this in every single industry. And I think I think the this transformation is being driven by you know changes in how consumers actually behave. So you know how we how we order food, how we transact financially, how we consume media, how we travel, how we work, um, you know, where and how we source products. It, it, it's all changing uh, continuously. And, and, and every time something changes, it, it means some fundamental changes to how businesses find their customers, how they market to them, how they manufacture for them. Um, so, so, so all in all, it means huge, means huge operational change uh, for these companies, and, and obviously companies are trying to stay competitive all the time, and, and, and you know they're under pressure to find cheaper, faster, better ways to get their products to markets, and and technology plays a huge role here, and, and and that's really where we come in. We help those companies to upskill their teams and their staff to make sure that they have the best people with the best skills, and and, and they remain competitive all the time. So, so we sort of talk about the best skills and and, and digital skills. What 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 do we actually mean by that? Um, you know, what are the what are the sort of uh, the, the skills that are uh, you know most in demand at the moment? And you know, how's that how's that changing? Um, and and how's it like to change in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think. It, it, the, the ones that are most in demand, I think there's two ways of looking at it. There's the more traditional ones, and, and then there's the emerging areas as well. So 
uh, when I say traditional, some of the trends that we've seen is that we have uh, we have a huge amount of graduates who maybe took one of our developer and nano degrees <clears throat> in the last couple of years, and now they're progressing on to more specialist nano degrees in response to how employers are hiring and how the market is changing. And what I mean by that is they're taking nano degrees in in self-driving cars or machine learning and and, and even even flying cars as well. So um, I think what, what we're seeing as well is that more and more people are appreciating how these new technologies, uh, and when I say new, I mean kind of moving away from the typical kind of engineering um, nano degrees that we may have provided. People are kind of starting to appreciate and understand how these new technologies are being applied. And, 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 and we're seeing huge interest in some of what we would call the more specialist areas. So, so the ones like blockchain, nano degrees, artificial intelligence, uh, VR developer. So, you know, we see this trend continuing and, and, and interestingly, we see some very traditional sectors getting on board as well. So by traditional, I mean, you know, sectors such as retail and pharmaceutical are, are investing in upskilling their teams in areas like AI and blockchain. We've seen a lot of demand for robotics coming through from the automotive sector um, and even from the financial sector, which which I guess you could class as a traditional sector. We're seeing a lot of demand coming through there for one of our more recent nanotegories to launch, which is our AI for trading. So I'm going to resist the temptation to ask you for more details about your nano degree in flying cars um, and, and sort of um, sort of dig a, dig a bit deeper into um, digital transformation, because obviously, um, you know, digital skills, te- technical skills, it kind of goes without saying that, um, you know, they're needed in the sort of economy that we're moving to. Um, but are there, um, you know, what kind of skills do, do companies need for digital transformation that are sort of non-technical? um you you know what are your sort of thoughts in that area what are you what are you seeing okay um so so aside from the more i'm going to say typical technology programs um like the engineering ones i referred to whether it's web development or intro to programming or android development what we're seeing now is a huge demand for for nano degrees such as digital marketing and for data science so in in, in the case of digital marketing for example um as I mentioned, we've got a lot of demand coming through from sectors such as retail and pharmaceutical. And, and I think, quite honestly, that's because they are starting to firstly change how they try to reach customers. So they may have used some traditional platforms previously, and, and now everything is moving to digital. So, so that's the way they're going. <clears throat> that allows them to be a little bit more efficient and also track exactly what they're spending money on. So uh, digital marketing is proving very very popular in some of those more in some of those big more more traditional sectors um, and, and we would classify that as a move away from the kind of core tech nano degrees uh, that we provide another one we're seeing huge demand for is our data science nano degrees now data science uh, can be taken at various different levels there's a foundation level data analytics all the way through to the kind of more specialist nano degree in in data science but we're seeing massive demand coming through here for data science from some surprising areas so some of the big consulting firms uh, are, are, are starting to book many of their employees in <clears throat> also again back to retail automotive as well and i think data science has been used in lots of interesting ways so again not a core uh, tech nano degree as we would classify it, but but certainly something that you need to have if you want to make better use of your information, if you want to understand more about how your 
how your customers are behaving or shopping. And, and if you want to retain those customers and keep them coming back, you need to make better use of the information that you have. And, and so data science is now becoming one of the most popular nanodegrees that we have. The last one, then again, is, is that I, I touched on earlier on is the AI for trading, which we're seeing huge demand for across the, the financial uh, the financial services sector uh, as well. So, so there are some of the non-core uh, tech nanodegrees that, that we're seeing big demand coming through for. Obviously, technology um, is changing the way that people uh, that that people learn. What what kind of lessons have you taken from that? What you know? How how are people learning differently? What sort of uh, tools and techniques um, you know are most useful for people looking to you know upskill or reskill themselves? Of course, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think how people learn is is changing all the time, um, a, a, a little bit like consumer behavior. It, it never stands still. So what we've seen is, is online learning is, is quickly becoming the norm. But that said, students want a slightly more engaging experience than simply watching a video. Um, I, I would also say if, if, if we're looking at kind of trends or patterns, I would say that students are also a little bit more price sensitive or price savvy and, and most definitely time sensitive as we all are as well. Um, so they have access to tons of information. They can do their research and, and, and with that, they're demanding the best content that, that can be made available to them. But the, the main thing we're seeing with students is that they want to be able to learn on their own terms, you know, at a time that kind of suits them. But while they want that, they also don't want to be completely isolated. So if you go to university, you're with a bunch of other students, and you you benefit from the engagement that goes that goes with that. Um, one of the one of the downsides of of traditional online learning, I'm going to say, is that is that you can feel a little bit um, isolated, and and this is really one of the things that sets Udacity apart. So so we speak to our graduates and our alumni quite a lot to try and engage to gain some feedback into what they enjoyed most and what they valued most and what we can what we can develop further and what they're telling us is that uh, they love having access to the most relevant content and the reason we get that is because we're working with the likes of google and facebook and amazon to build out these nano degrees so it's only the most cutting edge skills that we're teaching um Students are also telling us that they love the flexibilities that our nano degrees offer. You know, you get to learn whenever suits you at a time and a place that that works for you. Um, they enjoy the project-based nature of our courses, and that's 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 extremely important in terms of you're not just watching a video; you are working on real-world projects that have been set and defined by a Mercedes-Benz or a Facebook or an Nvidia or whoever whoever helped us to build that particular uh, nano degree. Um, our students like the opportunity to engage with other students and, and, and they get to do that because they're part of a classroom, an online classroom environment. They have access to other students from all over the world taking the same nano degrees and they have access to our project reviewers and they have access to our Udacity mentors who are who are helping them with any problems that they might have. So that engagement piece is is huge for them, but they also want the opportunity to do things on their own terms. Um, and, and they enjoy the flexibility that goes with that. So there are some of the patterns that we're seeing in terms of how, how learning is changing and specifically online learning is changing too. So final question, and I, and I know something that is uh, very relevant to um, all the recruiters um, listening listening to the, to the show. Um, whose responsibility 
is facilitating learning. Is it something that employers should be doing to reskill the workforces that they have? Um, or is it is, is the onus on the individual to make sure that they have the skills that are right for the um, economy they're trying to work in? I think I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both and more. There's, there's also an argument to say that government should be facilitating uh, learning as well to, to a degree, and some governments are better than others at that. But in terms of, you know, whose responsibility is it between employer uh, and the employee, uh, I think it's both. I think on the, on the employee or the individual side, you know, in order to graduate, you need to commit some time. And, and, and ultimately what we see is, students who are, who are more likely to graduate are the ones that, that have decided to invest in themselves. They believe in lifelong learning and the benefits that it brings and, and, and they want to progress their career. Um, on the employer side, I think we're getting to a place where employers are, uh, it's fair to say they're obliged to facilitate uh, learning if they want to attract and, 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 and indeed retain some of the best talent. Um, if they want to remain competitive, that's something that they need to do. They need to have the best talent on board. But I would also say that it shouldn't really be seen as, as an employer's responsibility or an obligation. It, it should really be seen as a huge, a huge opportunity. And what I would say there is that, the, you know, companies who invest in, in, in their staff, we know they attract great people and that gives them a significant advantage from day one. Um, what companies sometimes forget is that there's a huge cost benefit uh, to upskilling or reskilling existing existing staff, as opposed to hiring new. If you hire new staff, it takes a couple of months. It 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 soaks up resources, and it costs a hell of a lot of money. And there is still quite a degree of risk because you don't know if you're going to get the right hire. Uh, even after they've been onboarded. So th there is a time and a cost benefit there in terms of upskilling your own staff, as well as some of the other benefits like employee engagement and and loyalty. So uh, we know this firsthand because at, at Udacity, we, we have an enterprise team who, who help clients, I guess, firstly, by trying to understand what their upskilling requirements are. Uh, we provide a detailed assessment of their employees to understand their skill levels, capabilities, and you know at, at what stage they should be joining various different nano degrees. And then we provide some tailored learning packages for those clients, you know, and that includes class mentors and project reviewers, and and also reporting so that employers know, you know, how how their employees are getting on, and 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 because most of them want to, you know, want to understand how can we support them more and how can we help them get to that graduation place. So um, I think I think it's it's an obligation for for the employer, but I think the individual needs to needs to commit as well and understand that there is a time requirement there, um, but also ultimately a little bit of time and a little bit of support from an employer or or an online learning provider such as Udacity will will give them a great chance for graduation. Brian, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks, Matt. My thanks to Brian Hickey. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.